want to go into some Bible study uh, about going on to the other side. And that's taken out of Mark chapter 4, beginning from verse uh, 35. Father, we just ask that you speak tonight. Speak to our hearts from your word and give us insight so we know how to conduct ourselves in life. Thank you for your great wisdom that you've put down on paper, the word of God, the Bible, so that we can learn how to live and be successful, successful Christians on the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 37, the Bible says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. The scriptures here let us know that it was evening time and Jesus was going to cross to the other side so he'd be traveling at night. They had been ministering to the people. I pray that all ministers will have this in your heart. They had ministered to a multitude and Jesus was sending them away. He took his time to make sure every need was met, everybody's need was met, everybody had his, uh, his attention if they wanted it, and they were sending the people away. They administered, they were satisfied, and they all left. And that's an amazing thing, how Jesus will take time with people to minister to them, not just few people, but a multitude. That speaks of uh, the love of our Savior and how much he cares for the people that come to him. And uh, to us also, as ministers, you are ministers, as people come to you, take the time to be with them. Uh, Take the time to teach them. Take the time to minister to them. Uh, And when they are satisfied and their needs have been met, then they can leave. Amen? But after they leave, the work is not over. Jesus tired, but now he was going to use the night. And you know the story. He was sleeping on that boat. Getting himself ready for a little, taking a little nap because there will be work on the other side. There's always work for us to do. There is no time to really take long rest or retire from the work of God. We always have something to do. We have to have that in focus in our minds that this is, we are children of the living God. We're walking with the master. And as you see here in the scriptures, after the multitude left, Jesus was going to the other side. He told them, let us go to the other side. But there were other boats as well. They were following Jesus, if you read the other accounts. That speaks to us. The Bible tells us, you know, wherever the lamb went, they went with him. They followed him. That's what we should be doing. Now, the word that Jesus said, gave to us here in his word, Jesus told his, the disciples, let us cross over to the other side. When Jesus tells us, or the word of God tells us something, 
we are going to get to the other side. We are in our lives going to the other side in many respects. Some of our situations are okay, but they, they will be better when we get to the other side. And Jesus is taking us from one side to the other side. Maybe we are living our situation in our relationship, maybe in our family with our wives or with our children, maybe our job situation, you've been in it, maybe not too bad, but maybe sometimes very bad, and you need, you need a change. And you, Jesus is saying, now come with me, we're going to the other side. We have to follow him. And notice what the Bible says, they took him as he was, just as he was, into the boat, and they were going to the other side with them so there is faith when he tells you we are going to the other side they took him just as he was many times believer people will take jesus into their lives but they don't want to take him they don't want him to be free in their lives they want to restrict him you take him into the boat but you restrict him to one area of the boat you can't come to this other area i've got to be me uh you know it's something you're giving a mental assent to him now if you take jesus into your boat and you don't allow him to be free in your boat if you don't take him as he is and let him be himself in your life in your boat you probably will not make it to the other side you need to take him just as he is. They took him just as he was into their boat to be with them. And they were the ones going, but he was in the boat. And he's already said, we are going to the other side. That's the word of God. That was from the beginning. Amen. You are going to get to the other side. On the other side of your health, he's giving you the word. We are getting to the other side. It may not be as good today. It will take a while. There may be some struggles, but he has said in his word, by his stripes, you were healed. You are going to be healed. There may be difficulties along the way, but he's already given you his word. He gives you the word and he rests. He goes back like he's sleeping. But you are getting to the other side. We just have to trust his word. Amen. So it can be in your relationship. It can be in your job, your finances, in whatever area. Take the word of God. Receive the word of God as he's, given to you, he's, as he's given to you and receive the Lord along with the word into your life, trusting we are getting to the other side, no doubt, regardless of what comes against us. Now we have to realize that when he tells you to do something, every time God tells you to go somewhere, to do something, to get something accomplished, there will be wind storms along the way. Always, there's got to be some windstorm. Just because Jesus in, is in your boat doesn't mean Satan is not going to try something. He's going to come at you. And he's go- the purpose is to make you doubt, to make you fret, and wonder if God really meant what he said. So there will always be windstorm. And the waves will always come at you and beat on your boat. The wind will come at you. In Psalm 93, verse 3 and 5, I've always looked for something to use this scripture because I love it. (laughs) For years, I've been wanting some some message where I can use this scripture, okay? So bear with me tonight. (laughs) It says, the floods have lifted up, O Lord. 
The floods have lifted up their voice. You know, sometimes the floods, the waves, the events in life, negative, like they're yelling at you, drowning you, you know, wanting to drown you so you can't hear anything. And the psalmist here is saying, the floods have lifted up. Oh Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. That flood, that, that, the wave that's coming at you, beating on your boat, is so strong. It says the floods lift up their waves, just like the waves they had, beating on the boat. The Lord on high is mightier. Amen? You have to realize, even though the flood is coming at you, the Lord on high is mightier than the flood. It's mightier than the waves. Even though they have lifted up their voice. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. God is mightier than the mighty waves of the sea. We have to realize that. Even though he's asking you, you're going to the other side, and he's giving you the plan, you're excited about it, we're going to the other side, we're going to be doing great work, life is going to be better, Jesus is with us, everything is cool, amen. That's American cool, amen. (laughs) But, windstorms will come along the way. To draw your attention away from division. To draw, to discourage you. To make you wonder whether the Lord is really in the boat with you. Or if he would do something about the problem. Amen. The Lord, we must always remember that the Lord who, who has called you and who is in your boat is mightier than the waves. Is mightier than the flood. It says your testimonies, verse 5, your testimonies are very sure. What God told you, we are going to the other side. I'm sure we're getting there. Your testimonies are sure. Holiness adorns your house. Oh Lord, forever. You know, you are his house. Amen. You don't have your own holiness. But says, he has adorned you with holiness. And you cannot destroy holiness. Amen? You can't hinder holiness. And it's not your holiness. It's the one that God placed on you. You can't fight that. You try, but you won't win. Because the Lord himself is mighty and is holy. Psalm 65 verse 7, that's another good one. You who still the noise of the seas, the noise of their waves, and the tumult of the people. So he's not just talking about literal waves. It's what's going on inside of us. You know what I'm saying? He's still those. He's still those. Even though he's called us, those things will come at us. And that's why James says, don't think it's strange. Angel and I, we've gone through a lot, you know, since we started this, uh, well, since we started ministry. And, and you have to just hold on to him because some things you really don't understand. And I'm sure you have gone through things in your life. But just because God called you to go through, to go do a, a thing, and it doesn't have to be just ministry, standing behind the pulpit. We are in ministry. 
in everything that you're doing, you are truly in ministry. I know of people in our church, their heart is the ministry God is giving to them, is to be able to make funds so that they can support the work. That's their ministry. You know, that's what's in your heart. They don't have to stand here. And but what the enemy does, he throws waves at them and storms at them. So that he seems, you know, in a moment, your time, like this thing is never going to happen. But it will. Because Jesus is in your boat. He was the one that gave you the word. Amen? He was the one that called you. He was the one that put the desire in your heart in the first place. So never give up. The Lord is mightier than the waves. The noise of the wave is mightier. It's the noise. Don't let the noise bother you. Amen? The Lord will steal the noise and he'll steal the waves as well. We have to realize there are windstorms in life. Everything that we do. When God is calling you again, going to the other side. I liken that to what happened to the children of Israel when God called them out of Egypt huh, to go to their promised land. It's the same thing you have a promised land that God is giving to you is a vision. What we are planning to do as a church to plant churches, if you look at the congregation and what's going on, possibly you can't see it. But in my heart, I see something really great. And I'm not afraid because I have a mighty God. And you are not afraid. I'm not afraid not because of me, but because of you as well. I have you, amen. And you are not going anywhere. (laughs) And together we will do it. You have faith. I know you do. We will get it accomplished. God will use us. I mean, if we are so mighty, then it's no good testimony. I mean, if what's new about this testimony? But if we are little and it seems like we can't do anything, even though we'll have difficulties along the way, but the Lord is with us. All we have to do is let him be in our boat and let him be comfortable in our boat. We're going to get there. He has all the resources. I don't have to have it with him. I just ask him for them. Let me use a little bit of the resources you got. He gave it to me in his time. And I'm patient. By the grace of God, I will be patient for his own time. He's never asleep. Now, that's what we go through. Now, when the storms come, just like the children of Israel, God told them, I'm taking you out of the land of bondage. I have a better place for you. We are going to the other side. I'm bringing you to the promised land. Again, this other side thing is so great because it's the same way when God saves you, he's taking you to the other side. Jesus is gone before us and he's still with us at this time. And he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But while we are on our journey to our, our great home, but before we get there, we will go through a lot of difficulties on, on earth. And it's for our reward. That's what the Bible says. For those that overcome. Those things are not really to hinder you or to stop you. They are just for your reward so that you can also experience what it means to be an overcomer. Just like Jesus was an overcomer. But we are getting there. We have to remind ourselves that Jesus is in our boat. And since I've taken Jesus into my life, he's there with me. I want him to be comfortable. I want to do whatever it takes to make sure he is comfortable in my heart. I'm not going to allow bitterness. I'm not going to allow any kind of thing in my heart lost or whatever it is to make him uncomfortable there 
I want him to be comfortable. Let him rest. So that in times of trouble, uh, if I can handle it, I can wake him up. <laughs> Amen? And let him speak to this storm for me. But there are things that we need to, to note as we go through our wilderness on our way to the other side. And there are certain warnings that God gave to us in the scriptures that we really need to, to pay heed to. And be aware of them, that this is the way things work. A lot of Christians go against these things and they wonder why God is not working and why it is taking so long to get to the other side. And that's because they don't understand the principles that God has laid down in the Old Testament and then give us the the true principle, reveal the principles to us in the New so that we know how to handle ourselves. Now, 1 Corinthians 10 from verse 5, it tells, it tells us that with most of them, God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These were people that ate the same spiritual uh, food and drank the same spiritual drink in the wilderness from the rock. But God was not pleased with some of them. They were all told, we are going to the other side, to the promised land. They were not God was not pleased with some of them. And Paul says, said, I don't want you to be ignorant or unaware of how it happened to them. So we can learn. They have our example. So we know when God tells you, gives you a vision, we're going to the other side. You know how to conduct yourself so that you are in power with him and you get to the other side. Because if you don't do, if you do those things that they did, then he will not be pleased with you even though he's told you we are going to the other side. And you may not make it to the other side of your health, of your finances, whatever it is that the Lord is, is spoken to you about. It says in verse 6, Now these things became our examples. So all that happened to them is our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So that's one thing to deal with is lust after evil things as they also lusted. And if you want to know what that is, go back to the Old Testament and find out what they lusted after. What, what was it that displeased God that they wanted that caused them trouble? I have to study those things and say, okay, God, how does that apply today in my life? How do I handle myself in this regard so that I don't do this? Now, the Bible says God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, studying these things to determine that you're being diligent. You understand what I'm saying? And God will reward you for your diligence because he'll teach you. But if you don't care, you won't understand. You won't know what it is. My people perish for lack of knowledge. So we really need to study and find out what are these, what did they do? What did they lost after that made God not to be pleased with them, even though he had told them we're going to the other side? I need to know. And do not become idolaters as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. What does that mean in our day? Now in their time, they had idols. They made a, car, a golden calf, and they worshipped, and they were doing all kinds of crazy stuff. How does that apply to us today? I need to know what will God consider idolatry in my time. 
basically, if there's anything that is number one in your life that will, you know, vie for your attention more than God, you have an idol. If it's money, it's money has become your God. Sometimes people say, you know, uh, today, Sunday, I'm not going to go to church because it's family time. Better watch out. Because the Bible is very clear about it. I mean, if you're busy, tied up with, with job, that's one thing. But just taking time out of the day that God calls the Lord's day, that's not cool. Or it's not really good. And you know how sin works. You do it once, before long, it begins to become a part of you. Your heart becomes hardened. And you come up with any reason. And now the thing is, nobody's going to fight you here. But Satan knows what you're doing. And he's going to corner you, and he's going to take you out. I'm not sure about all how all of these things are going to work. But the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. When we get there, we will know. Many people have questions about what's going to happen when we get there. How do you know if somebody is going to heaven or not? We don't know. Paul said, there are some that's going, their, their deeds is obvious. Their judgment is known beforehand. You understand what I'm saying? But then there are others, there's no way to know until God reveals everything. And I want to be able to stand in His presence with peace. But that's not the whole issue. Your Christian work, there's no one that's more miserable than a Christian who is standing on the fence or sitting on the fence. (laughs) You're miserable. You can't go this way and you really can't go the other way, uh, you know, either. So the thing is just to throw everything in. The rules to play. Now let us, uh, no, let us commit sexual immorality as uh, some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. That alone should tell you <laughs> this is serious. If God would destroy in one day 23,000 people, fornication, uh, sexual immorality is not for a Christian. For example, you don't want to go there. Uh, you don't want to go there. You know, the thing is, I've often said here that Rehoboam did not do, or Rehoboam did what was evil in the sight of God, the Bible says, because he did not prepare his heart to follow God. You prepare your heart before you get there. And you commit things to the Lord. And then he will give you confidence in your own heart. Your own heart, not for anybody to say in your own heart. The Bible says, whatever we commit to the Lord, He is able to keep until that day. We got this example here. This thing is not good for the Christian. You don't want to go there. There were people like us. It destroyed 23,000 in one day. That's serious. Dead bodies all over the place because of fornication. I don't want, I don't want to go there. And really, you don't know about your future, so the thing is to commit it to the Lord, let your heart be known. And the Bible says, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. I need him for, for this area. So, that's something to think about. As some of them did, and in one day, 23,000 fell. Now let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. You want to go back and find out what they did that caused the serpents to destroy them. Mm-hmm. 
not complain as some of them also complain and were destroyed by the destroyer this is the cool one in the church people just complain a lot (laughs) and God hates complaining even when things are not right he doesn't want you to complain pray about it you know people find things and they just complain 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 they don't know that every time you complain and you complain against leadership they may be wrong you understand what I'm saying? But your own attitude is not right. And God may not, he doesn't like that at all. The good thing is probably pray about it and say, okay, God, please help me. So I can, because the reason why things are not going right is because they may not be seeing it. And sometimes if you go with a critical spirit, they may not even receive and just put you aside. But if your heart is right with God, you pray about it. God, give me the right way and the right words to say And they will really appreciate you and look to you and listen and change that thing. But complaining and going to talk to other people, he he already heard you. And that's not good. That's what he's saying. We don't complain. Amen. That's not to shield the pastors. (laughs) Amen. But my best friend is the one that tells me this shouldn't be this way. You understand what I'm saying? Because we're all believers together. I want to get to heaven as well. I want to do what is right. So praying about it and sharing with leadership is good. And and if it changes around, that's God has used you. Amen? And if the church is growing because of what you saw, that's a good thing for everybody. But you were the one that God used. But when you complain, everything goes to pieces and God will not really uh, bless you for it. it becomes a problem. So there are things to, 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 to note as you are going to the other side. First is lost. Uh, they lost it after things, probably food and stuff like that. Uh, they wanted to eat meat. You remember that? <laughs> they were tired of just eating body called man and he didn't like any of that stuff. Uh, idolatry, that's another one. Sexual immorality, tempting Christ, uh, all of these things. We have to be led of the Lord. Uh, I remember reading a story from Paul Yonggi Chu's book. That's about tempting God. Uh, they had a, uh, some kind of a flood in this river in South, South Korea. And uh, there was a book about uh, people that walked across the river, you know, and it just went ankle deep and they walked across the river, just people, normal believers. And this, uh, I think it was three Christian girls, they were going to go to some kind of retreat. They had a flood, and they didn't get, they didn't get that word, uh, f- you know, from the Holy Spirit, which says, come. They decided, well, Peter walked on water. We can do it. We really want to go to that uh, camp meeting or uh, revival or whatever they were going to, seminar or whatever they were going to. But they decided they, to go. they all died. They drowned. And it was in the papers, and according to Paul young Cho, the church suffered in South Korea because of this, the behavior of these uh, three young people. That's tempting God. Uh, if God has actually given you the faith, you can do it. Go ahead, but you have to hear specifically from him before you, you start doing that. Jesus could have turned... Uh, the stone to bread, but it wasn't God that was telling him to do it. So he didn't do it. 
basically is the motive of the heart. If you're going to do it for sure, you're going to sink. And you may lose your life. If God is really in it, he will be there with you. Mark chapter 4, verse 38 through 40, it says, But he was, that's Jesus, when the waves uh, were beating against the boat, he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? <laughs> it's, it's really funny. When we have all these storms in our lives, and we know that God is, is spoken to us, this came from the Lord. I, I was given prophecies. How many have been there? You got prophecies about this thing, and now you're doing it, and it's not working, and it seems like God is sleeping. And it's not, you're praying, and it seems like he's not, he's not answering, he's asleep. I believe that Jesus did this, he knew what was going on, to test their faith. See? He wasn't aware of it, he knew before he told them, let's go to the other side. And he was sleeping, knowing what was going on, in deep sleep. Just to test to see what they will do. We have to always remember that when things are not going our way, the way we believe God has spoken to us, and things are difficult, situations come that hinder us, we have to remember Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. God is not sleeping. There are other scriptures that make it very clear. God does not sleep. He keeps his word. And that scripture says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Whatever you're looking for, there is a time for it. There is a season for it. Even though you're giving this, you are, there's a lot of difficulty and there's disappointment, there is an appointed, appointed time. But at the end it will speak. When that time comes, the, the word of God will come through. And it will not lie, though, though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. God will come through for you. But God never sleeps. He is not too late. Generally, He is doing it at the right time. Sometimes we get very impatient, and we're wanting God to do something. Can't you see... Notice how they went to him. They were saying, almost accusing him. Huh? Don't you care? Don't you care? Think about that. And that's something I, I like again about Jesus. And I pray that every pastor, every minister of God will be just like that. This was the son of God. And in their distress and their fear, they just talked to him. And to me, it's almost rude. Huh? Don't you care? You understand what I'm saying? Don't you care? And they're talking to the Son of God. That tells you the familiarity that was there between this, between the Son of God and the disciples. They could talk to him. And you can read through the scriptures. 
they'll talk to him. Ask questions. Tell him we don't understand what you're saying. Why are you saying this? <laughs> Sometimes ministers get so big. Or even maybe in your business, whatever. The people need to be able to relate to you. If you're wanting them to be a part of it. They need to be able to come to you. And tell you their fears. And share with you. They were able to talk to Jesus. And in this situation, almost rude. Don't you care? Well, they, you can understand their situation. They were frightened. They thought they were going to die. And here he was sleeping. Don't you care? We must never go to the Lord. And he didn't rebuke them for the way they woke him up. Some pastors will really rebuke you. For, <laughs> for the way, you know, they will really rebuke you. But Jesus, he dealt with the matter. And he started talking to them. But he is always there. It was really a test of their faith. He knew what he was doing to see how they would respond. And in this case, they failed. In Luke chapter 8 verse 25, the question wasn't, uh, you know, that they didn't have faith. The question to them was, where is your faith? They had faith, but they were looking at the circumstance And the circumstance overwhelmed their faith, and they were not using their faith anymore. That happens to us in our situations. In our finances, sometimes we get overwhelmed, and we don't use the faith anymore. See, God, when Jesus says, where is your faith? What he's saying to us is, use your faith when things are, when things don't make sense. When things are baffling to you, that's when to apply faith. You understand what I'm saying? When it seems like you're going to drown, that's when to turn to your faith. Because if you don't, even though God rescues uh, rescues you from it, he's still wanting to know, what did you do with the faith I gave to you? Why didn't you use it in this situation? Where is your faith? Do you understand where I'm going? Where is your faith? You need to use that faith. God gave you the word initially. We're going to the other side. You could have said, well, I don't care about what's going on. But I know we're not going to drown. I don't care. The Son of God is right here with us. Amen. Our finances will be okay. Our children will be okay. They'll turn back to the Lord. Or they'll never live the way of the Lord. Whatever. You stay with your faith. Where is your faith? They had really three, in my mind, this is me, gospel according to good luck. (laughs) Three things that they could have done. Three things. And the bottom one was what they chose to do. They did go to Jesus and they cried out to him. Amen. But think about it. We are not told how long. They struggled with the waves, the water in their boat. You understand their boat before they went to Jesus. We don't know how long they struggled with this time. I guess they were dealing with it before. Oh, the master is there. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Struggling to stay alive, you know, just paddling and trying to stay awake. What's going on here? But then they remember, oh, he's over there. I don't know how long it took them to go to the master, but... At least they had faith enough in the master to go to him and they believe he could help them out of this situation. They didn't know how he was going to do it. Because if you read the scripture after he was through with it, he said the man marveled greatly. 
they became very fearful and said, who can this be? Read the scripture. They didn't know what he was going to do, how he was going to help them, but they knew he could do something about it. And so they went to him. To me, that was the bottom part. The next thing to that, in my mind, that would have been better than that, was for them to just ignore what's going on. Amen? Keep on your, bring it on, waves. The Son of God is in here. We're not going to sink. He said, we're going to the other side, and we are going to the other side. And just sit down and watch the waves and enjoy themselves. <laughs> Amen? The boat will not sink. That's second best for me because the waves will just keep coming, and they will stay there and just watch. It will take them a long time to get to the other side. Okay? That's the next best thing. But the best thing, I believe, what Jesus would have loved for them to do was to speak by themselves to the waves and to the sea in the name of the master. Amen? He created all things. They could have said, you can't do this. The son of God is in the boat. You dare not do this. They had no understanding at that time. I'm sure they could have done that. And I'm sure the master would have been really thrilled if they had done that. Just as he was, he was thrilled in, uh, in uh, Luke chapter 10 when they came back saying, even the demons, remember that? Even the demons were subject to us. And he said the master rejoiced. Jesus rejoiced in his spirit. He wasn't outward. He was deep in the core of his being. When they told him that they had done these things and were happy about it, he rejoiced in his spirit. How much more if they had spoken to the wind in his name? And calmed the waves. And they went and said, Master, guess what? We had this terrible storm. And the, we, we, the, the waves were beating at our boat. And we even had water in it. But then we stood up and we spoke to it. You won't believe what happened. It all came when we use your name. I'm sure the Master would have really liked that. Just like he rejoiced in Luke chapter 10. Where is your faith? We are going to the other side. When difficulties come, don't despair. Don't look to it. Stand up and begin to speak to it in your master's name. Because he is in your boat. And we are getting to the other side. Amen. Amen. I'm preaching to you, but I'm preaching to myself as well. Amen. (laughs) We need to all do this together. And as a church, that's what we want to believe, what we're doing, you know. Don't look at what you're seeing. Believe God with me that we are going to be, by the grace of God, a great church to the glory of his name. My prayer every time to God, don't, I don't want anybody to have glory over the ark fellowship except him. Just him, him alone. That's all I'm concerned about. Let him get the glory. And uh, that's not for humility thing. Uh, I just want him to have the glory. That way you will be at peace and on his good side. And I will have peace and great prosperity. And I always say it. Amen. That's my heart's desire. And I know it's yours as well. Amen. Would you stand up with me tonight. And let us thank the Lord for being in our boats. We know we are going to the other side. And if he's giving you a vision in your heart, a desire, whatever it is, uh, a dream, 
Don't let that go. Don't be discouraged. Even though you're going through tough times now, there is a reason. He's putting you through a test. Keep your attitude right. Remember what we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Make sure you are doing everything that you need to do in that regard. And your day is coming. Amen. Your day will surely come. You get to the other side. Father, we thank you for your word today. We give you praise. It's so good to know that you are with us. You are the great creator. You live inside of us. You have come to make your dwelling in us. And Father, there is no way we can be put to shame on this earth. There is no way we can be destroyed. We can never fail because you are with us. We will get to the other side. You promised to make us great. That's what your word says. And we thank you for it. We totally put our trust in you for our future. Because you are our future. And we give you praise tonight. In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless.